0: This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, my name is Trey Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us today on Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. You know, I want to encourage you. If you haven't looked around at our website, go to TreyJohnsonMinistries.com. We have so many different things to offer you to add value to your life. You know, we send out daily devotionals. You can sign up for our monthly partner letter, our magazine. You can go to the website and you can find product and T-shirts and caps and teaching CDs and flash drives and the list goes on and on. There's a personal growth course there that I do every. Every Wednesday morning on a conference call on people call in and I teach on personal growth and you know we just want you to know God and be the best you, you can be that's why we do this show it's why we write it's why we teach it's why we travel if you feel like my wife Heather and I we could add any value to your organization please reach out to us we want to expand the kingdom of God we want to make a difference all for his glory so today We're going to continue talking about continual restoration and how God wants our life to be continually restored. Every one of us have gone through things. We've lost things. The enemy has stole things. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's our physical body. Whatever the case is, God is in the restoration business. Continual restoration is mine. I want you to take ownership of that word because it's what God is saying to us I want to continually restore. Continual means frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions. And when God restores our life, not only do we come back into that place of relationship, what we're originally created to be, but when he gets involved, he multiplies it, he increases it, he improves it, he makes our life better. And today I want to encourage you, let God do some big things in your life. Let God continually restore our lives to the point that we take the limits off of him. Listen to what Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 says. He says, now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. So it's his power. That is in us and on us to fulfill His purpose. And when God gets involved with continually restoring our life, it says that He does infinitely beyond. Infinitely means without limits. Infinitely beyond, He says, our highest prayers. What have you been praying about? Infinitely beyond our highest desires. What desires have you connected? What sort of things you desire? when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. It says infinitely beyond your highest thoughts, infinitely beyond your highest hopes and dreams, have you have you lost sight of your dream? What would it look like for God to continually restore your life? And and so today I want us to just think about how God is no respecter of person. God used people in the old covenant. God used people in the new covenant. God is using people just like you and I. To make a difference in this world today i mean you think about it jesus had a faith ministry and one of his guys was named doubting thomas <laughs> i mean come on you know he was a, he was moved with compassion and james and john wanted to call fire down from heaven i mean you think about peter's on his ministry team and jesus has a healing ministry and peter reaches up and cuts a guy's ear off you know <laughs> I mean, these guys were a mess, just like, just like we've been at times in our life. And if God can use them, you know, I, I encourage you to read Hebrews chapter 11 and go through the hall of faith. And you see how these guys, God used them to shut the mouth of lions and he, he used them to do miraculous things. God is, is a master at taking people that has flaws just like you and I and doing the work in us. And doing a work through us to change the world around us. Know that God is no respecter of person, but He is a respecter of faith. If we'll just start coming near to Him, if we'll just start doing His Word, His super will come upon our natural and He'll begin to continually restore our life. Now, the thing about relationship with God and the Word of God and faith is it gains momentum. When you begin to think about continual restoration and believe continual restoration, you begin to say out of your mouth, God wants to continually restore my life. It gains momentum and it gets so strong on the inside of you. No devil in hell or no religious person can talk you out of what God has promised you. Continual restoration is mine. Isaiah 42 verses 9 through 22, 23, he says, I'm looking for somebody who will open their mouth and say, restore so as we've been talking about continual restoration for several weeks now, I want us to, to, to think about a few things that's going to continue to position us to receive continual restoration. And so if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one is make a decision. I'm going to live by God's word. Make a decision. I'm going to get into God's word. I'm going to go back and listen to the past several teachings and I'm going to write down these scriptures of Joel 42 verse 10 and Joel chapter 2 and Psalms 126 and, and the list goes on and on on continual restoration being our inheritance. But when you make a decision that I'm going to live by God's word, you know what begins to happen is it begins to open up the will and the plan of God for your life. When I first gave my life to the Lord, I just made a decision. If I saw it in God's word, I was going to do it. I had no idea I'd be reaching people all over the world. I had no idea I'd be doing what I'm doing today. But when you make a decision to live by God's word, you start to discover your gifts, your calling, your assignment. Listen to this. Isaiah 40 verse 8, it says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. The word of God, of our God stands forever. And what's the word that He's given us? I want to continually restore your life, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions. I want to improve and multiply and make your life better, but you've got to make a decision. Remember, decision comes from the inside. Incision is outside in, like I've got incisions on different parts of my body from you know, just life, but a decision comes from the inside out. I'm making a decision. I'm going to live on God's word. I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to believe God's word. So make a decision. Number two, keep thinking big. Keep thinking big. And that's the thing about when you decide you're going to get into God's word and you're going to do it, your thinking won't stay small. You'll begin to see the plan that God has for your life. You begin to see that he wants to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that's worked within us. You begin to think his thoughts. You begin to renew your mind. Isn't that what Paul tells us in Romans twelve two? He says, don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Keeps thinking big, and you're going to prove. You're not going to wish. You're not going to hope. You're not going to wonder if you're living in the will of God. No, your thoughts are going to come into alignment with God's heart, His Word, His will, and you prove. Okay, good will, acceptable will, perfect will. I know you, you're after the bullseye of God's will just like I am, but we got to keep thinking big. Remember, He wants to do exceeding abundantly. Above all, we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So we make a decision. I'm going to live in God's word. I'm going to. I'm going to keep thinking big. It reminds me of a quote by Nelson Mandela. He says, "There's nothing big about playing small." <laughs> And that's, that's so true. When, when's the last time you've prayed a big prayer? When's the last time you've let your mind go beyond the natural circumstance? When's the last time you've asked God to continually restore my life? When you said, God, if you're gonna do it for anybody, you're gonna do it for me. And when you make a decision, this is your promise to me, and you make a decision, I'm gonna renew my mind to the truth about continual restoration. It's just a matter of time that we begin to walk In continual restoration. Romans 8 37 says, So what do you think? This is in the message translation. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? Do you really believe that God's on your side? Do you really believe that the Spirit of God is a spirit of victory? That the Spirit of God is the spirit of triumph? that the Spirit of God is in us and us to do great and mighty things, when we stay in relationship with Him and we stay in His Word and we keep thinking big and we keep renewing our mind, it's just a matter of time that we begin to think like a saved person. You know, 2 Timothy 1, seven says that God did not give us a spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind. That word sound mind in the Greek means that you begin to think like a saved person. Your mind begins to think saved thoughts. Think about it. Your mind wasn't designed to think on failure. Your mind wasn't designed to think on sickness and disease and lack and the curse. Your mind was created to think on the abundance of God. Proverbs one five says, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. Philippians 2.5 says, We have the mind of Christ, so when we come back into relationship with God, we're recreated on the inside. And that's why it says, Then bring your mind and renew it to begin to think like a saved person. A saved person thinks, save thoughts. But I only get saved thoughts from the word of God. See, Adam fell from revelation in relationship with God. God talked with him in the cool of the day and explained to him how he made this and that. And, but when he, when he sinned, then he was separated from revelation. And now we were in a place of information and through God's spirit and his word, now we come back to a place of revelation through time by making a decision, I'm gonna live on God's word, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep thinking big, I'm gonna renew my mind. Now don't allow the ticking of a clock or a time frame to stop you from receiving what God has promised. Don't allow what you see in the natural or what you feel in your physical body or whatever's going on out here to talk you out of the promises of God. Galatians 6, 9 says, Don't grow weary in well doing, for at the proper time you will reap if you faint not. So it lets us know that if we keep looking at the wrong thing and keep thinking the wrong thing and keep talking on the wrong thing, we're going to grow weary and we won't reap. But if we don't grow weary and we keep thinking about continual restoration and believing that God wants me to walk in continual restoration, I'm saying continually restore every area of my life. My thinking's going to get bigger and I'm going to walk in the harvest that God has promised my life. Now, what would cause um, some delay, so to say? What, what could be some reasons why things don't show up in a certain time frame? So, We have God, his plan, the best plan there is. We have an enemy of our soul who is Satan. We have an enemy of our life. If he can't hold us from coming into the family of God, then he's going to do everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy and to stop us from walking in our inheritance. And then we have us. So we have God, we have Satan, we have us. And so we want to learn to, okay, is this God? Is it the enemy that's holding things back, or is it something that I'm doing? Listen to this in Acts chapter 16. I just want to t- turn over there. Acts chapter 16. You know there can be God delays. <laughs> you can you can want to fulfill the will of God, and you want can be you you can want to be everything that God's called and created you to be, and that's huge. Just being willing, God, help me be willing. I, I'm willing to go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do, but I'm going to trust your timing. Listen to this. In Acts chapter 16, verses 6, it says, Now when they had gone through, I'm probably butchering the name of this town here, but uh, Phragia in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Notice that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. So we're talking, what, what can be some reasons why there are delays? They, they wanted to go to this place, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't release them to go to this place after that verse 7 they come to missa and they tried to go into Bithynia, but the spirit did not permit them so they were willing which is a good thing how willing are you you know are you least willing to show up are you least willing to to say what god tells you to say they were willing to go to these places but notice it said the spirit didn't lead them to do it the spirit wouldn't permit them to do it the spirit Forbid them to do it. Let's keep going. So passing by Missa they came down to Troas. Verse 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen this vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So we're talking about what can be some reasons for delay. They, they were willing are you willing? They were willing to go here. They were willing to do this. But the Spirit of God was orchestrating some things. The Spirit of God was getting some things ready. And he says, I don't want you to go there. I appreciate you being willing. I don't want you to go there. I appreciate you being willing. But they said in the night they had a vision and they knew that's where God wanted them to go. So The Holy Spirit is here to teach us truth. John 16 verse 13 says, He leads and guides us into all truth, that He doesn't speak on His own authority, but what He hears, that's what He's going to say. And what is He saying? I want you to walk in continual restoration, but we never can get away from being led by the Spirit of God and being led by the Word of God. So if things aren't coming to pass as fast as you would like to see them too. And and we all are developing in our patience. We're all through faith and patience. We inherit the promises. But we want to check, am I willing? We want to be listening on the inside. Holy Spirit, where are you wanting me to go? I trust you to be orchestrating some things on my behalf. So when you do open up the opportunity, I'm going to step in there all for your glory. So another reason that things can be delayed is because... We have an enemy that doesn't want us to share the goodness of God with people. He doesn't want us to walk in the blessing. He doesn't want us to fulfill our purpose, our vision, the plan that God has for our life. I want to go over to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and listen to this right here. Verses 17 through 20, and it says, But when, but we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. So they're they're wanting to share the word. They're wanting to go. They're wanting to show up. Verse 18, Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown or rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? For you are our glory and joy. Paul is saying we wanted to come. We, it was on our heart to come. We know we're supposed to come, but Satan hindered us. That's why it's so important to know um, what will you think of Jesus whenever him and the disciples, Mark chapter 4, they were going to the other side and the big storm rose up. Jesus knew the Father. He knew the will of God. He knew that God wasn't the one stealing, killing, and destroying. So he is able to speak to that storm and command peace to be still. He had that dominion and authority because he realized anything that stole, killed, destroyed, it was of the enemy. And he knew who he was as the Son of God. But he didn't operate at that time as the Son of God. He He was a man anointed by the Spirit of God just like you and I And so, it's important to know and realize that if there's hindrances, if it's Satan, take your dominion and authority over him, commanding to get his hands off your resources, your family members, your destiny, your purpose, the open doors, and let him know, I'm going to go everywhere I'm called and created to go. I'm going to do everything I'm created to do. I'm going to be everything I'm called and created to be all for the glory of God. Remember 1 John 4, for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The greater one is in us and with us and for us. So God could be orchestrating some things, but don't, don't just get real religious and just say, well, whatever will be, will be. No, if it's Satan that's holding resources back and opportunities back. Take your dominion and authority. And the third reason sometimes that things can be delayed is because of us. (laughs) Maybe we're not being willing. Maybe we're not being obedient. Are you doing the last thing that God told you to do in order to walk in continual restoration? A lot of times we want to do things our way. And remember, true servanthood is serving someone the way they want to be served and not us Uh, Not us serving them the way we think they should be served. So am I serving God on my terms or am I serving God on his terms? Listen to Haggai chapter 1 verses 5 through 7. It says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways you have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but you're not filled with drink. You cl- you, clothes. you clothe yourself but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Are you being a doer of the word of God? Are you forgiven? Are you releasing? Are you putting God first? Are you renewing your mind? Are you going after God? Consider Your ways. Now, when I think of Haggai, what it means, it means a festive spirit and how God sent Haggai with the message of hope and faith and encouragement with a festive spirit to change the environment. And you know what? Our friends and family should be able to rely on us to change the environment. They should be able to rely on us to be vessels full of faith and hope and love and strength and power. Because we know God, not just some religious God, but we know the true living, almighty God. Be like that thermostat. Don't be a thermometer that just reads the situation. Yeah, it's hot outside. It's hot outside. It's hot outside. No, be the the thermostat that has it set on faith, that has it set on hope, that has it set on continual restoration. God wants you and I to walk in continual restoration. But once again, so, so... We're kind of going through a checklist today. We're we're putting God first. We're thinking big. We're renewing our mind. We're making a decision. We're going to live by the word of God. We're checking our heart that, okay, am I doing the last thing that God told me to do? Am I being willing to go where God wants me to go? Am I being a willing vessel? Isaiah 119, when I'm willing and obedient, I'll eat the good of the land. Am I identifying, okay, if there's hindrances and stuff? Is it something I'm doing? Is do I need to take dominion and authority over the enemy? What's going on there? what are what are a few things that can hinder us from walking in continual restoration i hope you're taking notes some of the things that can cause us to lose focus is is distractions you know are you being distracted from being who god's called and created you to be are you being distracted from your purpose your vision the plan that god has for your life mark chapter 4 verse 19 it says the cares and anxiety of the world this is huge right here The cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and the delight and false glamour, deceitfulness of riches, the craving and passionate desire of other things creep in, choke and suffocate the word of God and it becomes fruitless. So when I'm distracted, you think of the word track, I'm on track, I'm going where God wants me to go, I'm becoming who God wants me to become, I'm on track, but then I get distracted. I'm, dis means I'm, it's going to reverse the meaning, I was going this way, but now I'm going this way. Are you Are you allowing things that have no value to distract you? Or maybe they're very important, but they're distracting you from your assignment and purpose. So Distract. Remember in Luke chapter ten, verses thirty-eight through forty-two, you have Mary and Martha, and they invite Jesus into the house, and and Mary sets herself at Jesus's feet, and she's listening to the teaching, and Martha, she's up, and she's trying to cook dinner, and she's doing this, and 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 Martha shows up and says, "Lord, aren't you going to tell Mary to get up and come help me?" And this is what he tells her. He says, "But Martha, verse forty, you're overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving, and she came up to him and said, Lord Is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me to lend a hand and to do her part along with me. But notice he said, Martha, you're overly occupied and distracted. Distracted. And he goes on to say the thing that Mary's doing, it will not be taken away from her. Don't get distracted from knowing God. Protect your time with God. Protect your time in his word. Be be applying what God's shown you to apply. So don't get distracted. Second thing is discouragement. You know, sometimes we can get discouraged when things aren't looking like the promise of God is coming to pass. And we briefly touched on this, but learning how not to grow weary in well-doing. I'm going to keep showing up no matter what it looks like. I'm going to keep renewing my mind no matter what it looks like. I'm going to keep saying, God, restore my life no matter what it looks like. No matter how long it takes, I refuse to be discouraged Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. It says, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. He's saying, don't get discouraged. Don't let your confidence slip away. Keep your confidence and God. Remember Philippians 1, 6 says, Be confident in this very thing that God has started on the inside of you. He's going to complete it up in the time of Jesus' return. Be confident that God is starting to continually restore your life. And keep your confidence. And don't let distractions rip your confidence away. And don't let discouragement set in because it's taken longer than you thought. Keep your faith built up by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. Don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. Remember 1 Samuel 30, David encouraged himself in the Lord. So you've got distractions, you've got discouragement, and then you've got being dissatisfied. Don't allow being dissatisfied to set in and just, oh, woe is me. Or, yeah. L- listen to some of these scriptures. Jeremiah 31 verse 14, my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. Begin to expect for God to satisfy you with his goodness. Psalms 103 verse 5, who satisfies my mouth, my necessity and desire, my personal age and situation with good so that my youth renewed is like the eagle, strong, overcoming and soaring this is the psalm the that you probably know. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I don't forget any of his benefits. And he goes through, forgives the iniquities, he heals the diseases. And he says, and I satisfy your mouth. I satisfy your necessity. Notice he says, at your personal age and desire. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what it's... He already has the provision set out for you and I. And he's saying, allow my presence to satisfy you. Allow my word to satisfy you. Allow my goodness. Remember Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14, the psalmist David said, what would have become of me? Had I not believed, I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living, Expect to see the goodness of God to provide, to heal, to to manifest, to show up, to continually restore in every area of life. Psalms 107 verse 9, it says, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. He satisfies the longing soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and he fills the hungry soul with his goodness. God is drawn to our hunger. He's drawn to our expectation. He's drawn to those who are thinking about continual restoration, believing continual restoration, saying that God is continually restoring my life. They're looking to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. They're not getting distracted. They're not allowing discouragement. And sometimes that's the fight of faith. That I'm I'm fighting to keep my heart full of faith. I'm laboring to enter into that rest. I'm keeping my mind connected on the word of God. And this is huge right here. And as you're doing this, refuse to get offended at people. Psalms 119 verse 165 says, I love the truth and I do not get offended. I'm telling you, I've been tested on that. And I'm sure you have too. Jesus said in the last days, many offenses will come, but don't take the offense. Don't get offended at me. I'm sure something I said probably curled your hair or something and you have an opportunity to get get offended, but forgive me, release me, let me go. Don't get offended at the messenger. Don't get offended at God. Don't get offended at the promises of God. Don't let people offend you. I love the truth and I do not get offended. God wants to restore every area of your life. He wants to restore your business. continual restoration frequently recurring always happening no interruptions restoration bringing you back to your originally created to be and then when god gets involved he multiplies that he improves that he increases that he makes it better but it always starts with the relationship with jesus christ i want to i want to encourage you if you don't know jesus christ as your lord and savior would you just say this very simple prayer with me out loud right where you're sitting or standing or listening or driving just simply say this, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. I do believe that God sent you to die for my sins and that he raised you from the dead to give me life and I accept that life and I ask you to come into my heart if you said that prayer for the very first time in your life, I want you to contact us. I want you to to reach out to us. Let us get some material into your hand. Let us help you know God and be the best you can be. Remember, God wants to continually restore your life, but it makes a decision. I'm going to live by God's word. I'm going to keep thinking big. I'm going to keep renewing my mind. I'm not going to get distracted or dissatisfied or discouraged. I'm not going to get offended. I'm gonna keep going after God and I'm gonna be everything I can all for the glory of God. My name's Trey Johnson. I look forward to seeing you again real soon and thank you for joining us today.